It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Welcome to the show. It is Friday, October 9th. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. And thank you to patrons of the program like Jenny, Rhonda, Susan, Mike, Linda Grace, Lisbeth, JF, Leslie, No Thanos, and Lisa. Couldn't do the show without you guys. I appreciate it. They became patrons uh, just by heading over to the PeteCallenerShow.com, and then they clicked the link, and then they became patrons, and then they get exclusive content, and they get the bumper stickers, and so come join us. On the show today, I'll talk with Patrick Howley. He is the reporter who broke the story about Cal Cunningham's affair. Plus, Dr. Chris Cooper from Western Carolina will discuss the impact that the scandal may or may not have on the race for North Carolina's U.S. Senate seat. But first, uh, the Husqvarna fall sale. It is ongoing right now at General Equipment Rental. Now through October 31st, you can get big savings on gas-powered and battery-powered equipment. Go to generalrents.com. You can check out uh, all of the sale inventory like chainsaws and lawnmowers and trimmers, saws, blowers. They've got uh, the riding mowers. They've got the stand-on mowers. And by the way, Husqvarna just raised the MSRP on two mowers by $1,000 and $1,100 respectively. And uh, General Equipment Rental, they're like, look, we already have these in stock. These are already in our inventory. So we're going to sell them at the at the original price. So uh, what is now a lawnmower that is worth $1,000 more, you can still get for the original price at General Equipment Rental. And keep in mind, maybe you need to use a tool just once for a very specific project. Uh, General Equipment Rental is your source for all your equipment needs. Everything from lawn and garden equipment to construction and earth moving. They've got compressors, air tools, scaffolding, large power tools, small power tools, basically everything, okay? Basically everything. Whatever the project, General Equipment Rental has the tool that you need. They're your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. They do equipment service and repair as well. General Equipment Rental, go to their website, generalrents.com, and get pre-qualified for 0% APR for 48 months. And you can also learn about the commercial fleet discounts that they offer there as well. Again, the Husqvarna fall sale going on through October 31st at General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. Family-owned and operated. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road, generalrents.com. And think outside your toolbox. Joining me now is Patrick Howley. He is the senior reporter for nationalfile.com. And if you've never heard of National File before, what, a week ago, you probably are aware of it now in North Carolina. Uh, Welcome to the show, Patrick. How are you? Hey, Pete, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, so first, give folks a little bit of background about you and National File. I admit I had not heard of the website either until all of the uh, Cal Cunningham scandal broke at your website. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and the website. I've been an investigative reporter for about a decade now. I worked for Tucker Carlson at the Daily Caller for many years. I worked for Steve Bannon over there at Breitbart during the 2016 election and ever since then, ever since Trump was elected, I've been independent and in doing sites like National File, which is, I think, the latest um, in terms of just having a totally independent 
kind of site that runs stuff that obviously other organizations <laughs> would never run or it would be a big bureaucratic nightmare trying to get the stories through. And I'm too old to have to deal with that stuff now. <laughs> so uh, I just work with friends now. I got you. So and that's an interesting kind of business model. I remember seeing Tim Poole mention some advice that he gives to young journalists, which they'll ask him, like, how do I you know, get into the business like you're doing? And he'll say, save up your money, go find a story that you love and go cover it. And he says a lot of people don't want to do that. Um, they don't want to get into the business that way. And it sounds like that's kind of what, what you're doing, though. Right. I mean, uh, you know, if you have to ask, then you're probably not going to make it, right? Um, it's uh, it's a grueling kind of thing, but I've been, you know, basically living on the road for 10 years, and, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's tremendous problems with censorship and whatnot for independent media now uh, due to Silicon Valley and the political pressures. But, you know, traditionally you could go around and if you're just, if you just happen to be there with a phone, you know, you can drive the news wires, you can drive the AP, you can drive... Uh, the the whole world, and you might not really get famous doing it, but the content itself is uh, there's a limitless p- potential for for how far it can go, considering how much media there is now. Yeah, content is king. That's always been the case, always will be the case. Um, and if you do good content, people will find you uh, as they have with you. And uh, so some of your and just real quick, some of your uh, your past work, people probably are aware, even if they aren't aware of of you. Right. Like the VA scandal. That was one of your big stories as well. Yes, that was uh, definitely the best thing I've ever done. A homeless Marine, a homeless retired Marine sent me these tapes. And no other reporters would listen to him because reporters don't deign to talk to people, let alone a homeless veteran. And the tape showed VA medical center executives destroying patient medical records so that uh, there, there would be no record that they're ignoring all these veterans who are dying in the street, as we find out, all over the country. And uh, I went on Fox and Friends at the time. Somebody who saw that segment was Donald Trump, then a private citizen and then, obviously, he ran uh, on reforming the VA and then did so when he got into office. Whatever you might think of him, he definitely accomplished that. Uh, I know I asked you to come on and talk about Cal Cunningham. I'm just kind of intrigued by the, the, the wonky inside media talk. Um, I, I am kind of curious, though, about what, what you just said there about reporters not being interested in, in talking to that person and getting that person's story. Um, and I guess it's probably even more acute now because so many times, I mean, look at me, I can sit here and just make phone calls, do interviews and quote, you know, report as it were, right? Like, uh, you don't even have to really show up anymore to places to be a reporter, it seems. Yeah, it's mostly aggregation in terms of the uh, professional click sites, but it's uh, it's an interesting time. Certainly a cutthroat business. Certainly there's no camaraderie in it. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I, and I will say that's one of the nice things I've learned in podcasting is that there definitely seems to be that kind of a spirit here versus where I came out of. I was a reporter for uh, in, in radio for about a decade, and then I was uh, been a host for another you know decade plus, and uh, it, it it is 
it's a different kind of vibe here in podcast land, although I am curious as to how long that lasts. That might very well change at some point in the future, because now you got a lot of corporate entities getting involved. But uh, I digress. Let me ask. Uh, let's get into some of the d- the details of this uh, of this story. So, y'all, you were the one who came across these these uh, text messages between Cal Cunningham and this woman out in California named Arlene Guzman Todd. And uh, so, can you tell us without you know? divulging any sources or jeopardizing anybody or jamming anybody up. Can you talk at all about how you came by this information and uh, like, what was the, what was your process like to uh, first to get it and then to make sure that it was, you know, that it was accurate? Well, it's, it came from a concerned citizen uh, as, as many scoops do. And it's just one of those wonderful things. It was a blessing to be able to tell this story and, Expose this guy. This guy has been running as a uh, man of character and a man of integrity, and he's made this entire campaign about his own personal integrity and his own personal composure. And so this is definitely an issue in the race. He's now campaigning on, well, this isn't really an issue, but when you have a mistress who has nude photos over uh, on you uh, that she has discussed, you know, vindictively leaking in order to damage you, that is certainly an issue that the voters need to know about if you're going to serve on, say, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee or something like that. I mean, we talk about this blackmail operation that Vladimir Putin supposedly runs, but I don't think Putin has anything on our lead Guzman Todd. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, for, for folks who were so very concerned about what might become of, uh, of uh, uh, this fictional, you know, P-tape, um, they don't seem to be very concerned about the ramifications of this kind of uh, intel being out there. And it is out there, right? As I understand, like these photos, they are they are they in circulation at this point? The photos do exist, and they have not come out yet. And uh, but they do exist. And mm-hmm. so um, the fact that these photos exist, the fact that this guy is posing for naked photos of himself at his age. And you have to realize, too, this is a man who was having an affair, having sex with this woman, Arlene guzman in his own family house, according to her text. She was in his family's house where his wife lives for a week, uh, you know, having sex with him until she was too weirded out about it, about being in another woman's home. And this is a situation where her husband, who is a wonderful army veteran, a guy who had five combat deployments, who was seriously injured. He injured his spine and, you know, almost never walked again, credited his wife with, um, uh, making sure, sorry, I'm getting so many phone calls. It's ridiculous. Oh no, I understand. Um, I understand. This, this man, according to the text became suicidal um, had suicidal ideas, had suicidal fantasies, and even had a gun involved. Uh, as Arlene, Arlene Guzman Todd was telling her friend, she told Cal Cunningham about this, and Cal Cunningham mocked the situation and said something to the effect of, oh, well, you'll be a great therapist after that. Sorry you have to deal with that. He was mocking this. This is not only a guy who is breaking up the home of a fellow veteran, but this is also a guy who is failing to act when he finds out that a civilian and a military guy is suicidal. The biggest problem that we have with veterans, you mentioned that I broke the VA story, 
in this country is veteran suicide. Mm -hmm. So for this man, Cal Cunningham, to run on veterans' issues, I mean, this story alone shows that he is a hypocrite. That was, I will say, the response from the very from the initial story, even before the uh, confirmation that the relationship was physical, when it was just believed to be the text messages. I got so many people, uh, military veteran folks, who were telling me, uh, like, this guy is a piece of garbage. This is like the worst thing you can do. Like, military people are not happy with this with this they were not happy with the just the text messages now you know dial it up to 11 this is a really big deal so have you have you uh, gotten to speak with Jeremy Todd the husband or and I don't know are they still I, I mean are they still together uh, of the woman out in California or are they are they estranged at this point it's unclear um he has given a statement just yesterday to the newspaper i believe the news and observer yeah but to one of the North Carolina newspapers calling for Cal Cunningham to drop out of the race and to be investigated by the military. And that's another angle to this, too, is that the Army Reserves has opened an investigation into this because adultery is a very serious offense. Um, and, you know, it's actually punishable by up to a year of confinement, meaning prison. And so when he has this active investigation into him, which he says he's cooperating with, he has the variable of Arlene Guzman Todd, who has these naked photos of him and has expressed a desire to vindictively use these naked photos against him. Um, you know, this is not a guy who necessarily is in a position right now to be engaging in statecraft or going over to any other foreign countries on behalf of the United States, especially with the massive amount of spying that we see from other countries, including China. Uh, so this is a national security situation. And I want to make that abundantly clear. Yeah. And w even from the initial release of just the text messages, I said right then that uh, this is just the first that he's gotten caught. That you, I mean, the fact that you catch him yeah. doing this, chances are this isn't the first time. Uh, and so uh, and uh, I mean, uh, you were, I'm sure, aware after the first story broke, there was a woman. Uh, she's an attorney. She's formerly of California, but now she's in Wilmington, North Carolina, and she posted up on Facebook, uh, and she's not some right-wing conservative. She posted up on Facebook that she knows somebody who is just devastated by this news because she was having an affair with uh, uh, Cal Cunningham since 2012. Uh, were you anticipating that? Was that news to you when you heard that angle of the story? You know, I had heard rumors about that, but that woman actually was a an advisor on Cal's previous 2010 U.S. Senate campaign. So mm -hmm. this is somebody who is not just a random person, but if you look her up, you find out that she's very closely, uh, she knows uh, Cal Cunningham very well and was on the steering committee for his campaign. My guest is Patrick Howley, the senior reporter at NationalFile.com. Uh, now, maybe you've got some guests coming in for the holidays and uh, you don't want to have them sleeping on some old lumpy mattress. Well, get on over to Mattress Man Stores and get yourself a new mattress. In fact, their, inv uh, their warehouse is packed with inventory, unlike a lot of mattress places that uh, now they're all... Uh, out of inventory because of the pandemic, because people weren't shopping for mattresses a few months ago, so everything kind of got slowed down. Not the case at Mattress Man. They've got inventory. You can do their grab-and-go deal, show up at their warehouse with a truck. You know, if you're like a self-starting, do-it-yourself, truck-owning, red-blooded American within driving distance, show up, get yourself a mattress, throw it in the back of the truck, and you're gone. Or 
opt for the five-star delivery service. Right? They ship nationwide, by the way. They've got the best mattresses, the Biltmore Collection, made by Restonic in Fayetteville. And these are the mattresses that are at the Biltmore Hotel and Inn. They have memory foam mattresses, inner spring, pillow top, natural latex mattresses as well. They have adjustable bases, too, so you can raise up your feet for better circulation. You can raise up your head uh, to help alleviate snoring and get a better view of the television. They have a 120-day comfort guarantee, and you can check out all the inventory online at mattressmanstores.com. Experience the difference at Mattressman. Buy local and sleep better. Patrick Howley, the senior reporter for National File. So let me ask you about sort of the timing of this. The first, the, because the first story was just the uh, the texting uh, the, or sexting, right? That, that was the first report. And then he went into hiding and he put out this apology. He confirmed that it was true, right? Which makes it very easy because uh, I, you know, imagine if he had denied it. But then came the second hit, which was that uh, actually it had been physical. So is there a, is there a reason why it was, I guess, reported in that way sort of in these two different uh reports was that intentional well i believe it was different sources um Ah. and we got we got the second one too by the way at the same time as the associated press the associated press didn't run the actual text but we actually put up the screenshots of the actual texts ours probably got even even more traffic but Mm -hmm. on the original one that kicked this all off it was very clear in those sexts that they were having a physical relationship because he was talking about dreaming of our time together. You know, she was talking about make up an excuse to the family, pick a city, and, you know, meet in a hotel, presumably. So the affair was very clear, um, and, and that was always established. And so, you know, the sexting aspect is certainly... Uh, tabloidal in the sense that, um, you know, it's kind of like Anthony Weiner, the sex thing. It's, it's something that is, uh, sort of, um, a pop culture kind of idea. But this was always a physical relationship. This was always, uh, you know, in-person encounters. And now we know Arlene Guzman Todd was sleeping with Cal in his own family home. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, and that, that it adds a layer of ick to all of this right like that that is something that i think strikes people just viscerally um to now know this this detail um from the from the story whereas before if it was text messages and and look the contortions that people are twisting themselves into in order to defend a guy because the senate is so valuable and that's really what all this is now being viewed through um you know is like we don't care that he did this stuff we just care about winning the seat so we can take control of the U.S. Senate. Uh, that's that's really what's going on here. And so uh, Cal Cunningham finally uh, emerges yesterday after his uh, hiding in the windowless basement strategy, I guess. What did you think of that strategy, by the way? Did you think that that was that's, that, that's effective? Or what did you read into that? You know, I don't have much admiration for leaders who hide in their basements, be it Sleepy Joe Biden or anyone else. And... You know, for Cal Cunningham to now go around and say, well, you know, look, this is my personal life. This is my private life. Well, look, if, if you're if you're running an office and your private life spills out into all of the major newspapers and TV networks, then that is something that the voters have to take into consideration when deciding whether or not they want you to represent them in the United States Senate, and especially, as we know, since he's under investigation, since these nude photos are out there, since God knows what else is out there, um, we have two 
uh, mistresses, one confirmed, one uh, looks very likely uh, that that happened uh, since 2012. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a guy who uh, is, is campaigning. He's got something like, what, $100 million in dark money flooding into this race. It's the most expensive Senate race in the country. Yep. So this is a guy who's being propped up by the Democrat establishment. But now it's interesting, you know, Tammy Duckworth, he was, uh, Cal was supposed to have a fundraiser with Tammy Duckworth last night, and then all of a sudden it was postponed indefinitely. So it looks like the Democrats are backing away now. And Tammy Duckworth is another one who her whole kind of uh, messaging is about being a veteran. Well, maybe she doesn't like the fact that this guy has done this to a fellow veteran. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, this story about the uh, suicidal thoughts that this guy, Jeremy Todd, was having, and Cal Cunningham so callous about it. It's That's what really bothered me in, mm -hmm. in all of this more than anything, uh, having worked on veterans' issues is uh, that, because the... Um, there are so many suicides of veterans who come back here who find it so difficult to assimilate. Right. If you've been in, in war, you know, if you've been in apocalypse now, and then you come back to Western society and you're walking around, you never feel like you're back in that. I feel that from so many different, I, I hear that from so many different veterans. I hear that too from people who have been in prison for a long time. There are these experiences that we have in life that sometimes take us out of normality in a way that can be very disturbing. And, you know, you, you, that ties into post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm not saying that's what happened in this case, but oftentimes with veterans, and it's sickening that somebody was in that kind of mental state and Cal Cunningham was so callous about it and was mocking this man. Is there any kind of a duty to report uh, uh, if you know of somebody in service with you, if you're a colleague, your comrade, like, is it, you know, I know like in certain, you know, if you're a teacher and a kid comes to class and they're bruised up, you have a, a duty to report. Is Do you know of anything like that in the military that that Cunningham may have been required to perform? Yeah, so there is something like that. I was speaking to a military guy who was walking me through that and who actually brought that to my attention and we can find this. You know, I do have this. Um, I have the exact code um, because it's you know, clear that somebody in Cal Cunningham's position, this guy is a JAG officer, you know, he should have uh, acted in some way to help this man. Um, and so, yes, there are very, very clear um, uh, ideas in the uh, military guidelines that need to be followed by commanders, commanding officers, um, wh whether it's a civilian or if it's a, a service member. So actually, I have it right here. Okay. The Army Suicide Prevention Program, uh, per the Department of the Army Deputy Chief of Staff, Lieutenant General uh, Michael Rochelle, page 26, a commander's involvement and responsibilities. Unit commanders are accountable for their suicide prevention programs, Etc. Once a soldier or a civilian experiencing a life crisis is identified, 
It is the responsibility of the commander to ensure that that individual not only receives the proper crisis intervention, but that the problem has been fully resolved. Hmm. So you have to understand, I mean, a military officer has a very important role in our society, and, and there's a reason why adultery is punishable by up to a year of confinement. It's because military officers are supposed to uh, set an example in our society. They're supposed to be the stewards of morality. And that's something that officers take very, very seriously. Obviously, Cal Cunningham does not take it seriously. There's also something from the Department of the Army pamphlets, um, another guideline um, talking about how uh, the, uh, you know uh, intervention includes alteration of the conditions that produce the current crisis, treatment of underlying psychiatric disorders that contributed to suicidal thoughts, and follow-up care. Uh, so yes, there are very clear. Uh, guidelines in place, and uh, that's something that I was discussing with yeah. with a military guy just uh, yesterday. So a long call. So, um, have you heard what Cunningham has been saying? He emerged yesterday. Uh, I think somebody caught him uh, like on a Starbucks run or something, and I thought this was kind of odd. I mean, I, I guess you know, kudos to him for not uh, doing the perp walk, you know, run through the parking lot shot. Um, so he did stand there and he did answer the questions. But normally, if you're not interested in in having your uh, in doing an interview, you would answer the first question and then say like hey all right i gotta go that's it thank you you know and you would find a way to end it he and he didn't seem to do that he just stood there and he kept answering questions which now makes me wonder was this sort of an opportunity to run some stuff up the flagpole and see how it does and then last night he participates in this uh, zoom conference for the north carolina league of conservation voters and he starts right out of the gate and he says you know i'm deeply sorry for this and my personal life and then he proceeds to you know attack tom tillis and basically say you know tom tillis is trying to make the election all about this personal issue uh and he says he's not going to get sidetracked which some listeners have pointed out you know too late he's already been sidetracked to some extent in this campaign what do you think of his response so far well his response has been pretty weak and by the way uh usmj article 92 uh, regulation uh, is another one that Cal Cunningham uh, seems to have violated when when not when failing to act on the um, the suicidal thoughts of Jeremy Todd. But his uh, Cal's response has been terrible so far, and uh, this whole idea that somehow his personal life doesn't matter when he's run his entire campaign based on you know the fact that he's a good guy. And there's something slippery about him. As soon as I saw him, I thought, there's something not quite right here. There's something disingenuous. And maybe it's just because he's such an archetype. He's such a political cartoon. Cal Cunningham, you know, this 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 perfect kind of guy. And I thought, ah, there's something, some shoe's going to drop here, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I, was, I was fortunate enough to find out what it was. Yeah. I am always curious uh, that the BS detector that a lot of reporters have, I wonder if that's... Like, do you go into the line of work because you have a highly developed BS detector or does that come, does that come because you do the work or maybe it's both? I don't know. I just uh, th there's something because uh, I agree. There's something about him when he talks. He seems um, 
it, it, he, he seems contrived. It seems rehearsed. It seems like he knows the things to say and the facial expressions to make as he says these things, but it doesn't strike me ever as authentic. And uh, that really came through last night on this Zoom uh, uh, speech that he gave. It was just terrible. Um, what? So uh, a last question I have for you. Are there any other developments that you are working on that... Uh, I don't want to, you know, obviously don't scoop yourself here, but uh, are there any other aspects to this story that you're chasing down right now? Yeah, so there's more uh, to come out. Of course, we still have these naked photos that are out there. We have, you know, a lot more speculation about who this other woman is, the friend of his former campaign staffer. And we have now a number of sources who are saying that Cal has been kicked out of his house you know, if, if Cal Cunningham is going to end up in a divorce situation where he's going to be dragged into court on top of a military investigation, on top of facing a year of confinement, on top of the potentiality of having his nude photos out into the public or put in the hands of enemies and rogue regimes, this is something that, I mean, look, this, this guy's life is falling apart. Yeah. His, his life is falling apart, and it's his own doing. You know, I didn't do it. He did it. And, you know, this is a chaotic situation. You know, Tom Tillis does not have this situation. He does not have these kinds of complications. So, uh, you know, and, and I don't know Tom Tillis, by the way. I'm not working with Tom Tillis or anything like that. But, you know, this is uh, just an opportunity to look at politicians because the political theater, as you said, contrived. The political theater that we have in, in modern society is so contrived and not only does it cheapen our politics, but it also cheapens our entire discourse. We live in this culture that's so driven by Oprah Winfrey and daytime television and Dr. Phil and this idea of empowerment and people who just say platitudes and say words that really have no meaning. And so when you say words that have meaning, but you say it in this kind of emotional tone and people absorb them as though they have meaning, you're stripping the vibrancy out of language. You're stripping the meaning out of life. I have so much contempt for the phoniness of political discourse and political theater. And I think that's what drives me more than anything. When you, you know, I, I broke the Ralph Northam blackface story, for instance, and this guy, you know, he's out there condemning the racists and whatnot in Charlottesville. This guy is himself a racist. <laughs> the hypocrisy, that's yeah. what's staggering about it. The hypocrisy of politicians. There's a certain kind of personality type that goes into politics that I simply cannot stand. I have no respect for and I have no tolerance for. You, I'm sure you're aware of the studies that show the high levels of sociopaths that are in politics, right? Right. Yes. That's, <laughs> uh, and media and media. I actually talked about that the other day. So uh, just, you know, got to got to name myself on that, too. Um, uh, so is there anything else that you want to add here that uh, you think is important or interesting for people to know before we let you go? Well, I really appreciate your time. And, you know, the mainstream media uh, is coming up with so many different narratives. Anytime I do a story, this was not a political head. I have worked for conservative publications in the past. This was not any kind of political head or opposition research kind of thing. This was simply really a blessing. It's an opportunity. I think it was divine intervention to just to, to tell the story of what's going on with this guy and to let voters know that, you know, this guy is not who he says he is. And I'm happy to do that with Republicans or Democrats. So, you know, uh, my motives are pure. And I think the response that we're seeing from this is incredible because so many people are, you know, realizing that he has this wall of artifice around him. And so 
you know, anytime I can puncture the vanity of a politician, it's a great day for me. Patrick Howley, senior reporter for nationalfile.com. And uh, do you have any uh, any uh, personal website or anything you want to direct people to? I can add that as well. Sure. Nationalfile.com is the name of the website. And you can also follow me on Twitter. They've throttled me down pretty significantly because there's so much censorship. But I still have a great following on Twitter. Uh, Howley Reporter, H-O-W-L-E-Y, Howley Reporter at Twitter. Thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the work that you did, and uh, good luck. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pete. All right, so you know how important your website is to your business, uh, and you probably know if you've been listening now what I'm going to say. It's Schaefer Smith Design, okay? You need your website to look good. You need it to work right. You need it to be user-friendly. You know, if people get lost on your website, you're going to lose their business. Do you even know how many people come to the website and then never follow through with an order simply because they can't figure out the website or they can't find the things that they're looking for? So let Schaefer Smith help you, okay? Schaefer Smith Design, great design can solve a lot of a website's problems. Professional services, corporate, small business, entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics, photos, and online stores, search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He even does logos. He did my logo for the show. Go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. Joining me now is Dr. Chris Cooper. He is the Madison Distinguished Professor of Political Science and Public Affairs at Western Carolina University. Dr. Cooper, how are you? Welcome back. I'm doing great, Pete. Glad to be here. So uh, I guess we should do this with the caveat, of course, that it is North Carolina politics. So everything we say is accurate, as far as we know, at the time we're saying it before this thing publishes, because by the time the podcast posts, all of this could have been blown up by any kind of court rulings or, uh, I guess, new sex scandals. Just standard That's disclaimer. Right. Yeah. So yeah, standard disclaimer about tweets and Instagram <laughs> posts and text. Right. Exactly. So let's start with the U.S. Senate race, Cal Cunningham. Um, and uh, I guess it started with the text messages. I was kind of suspicious that it was only text messages. And say it to say I was correct. I just uh, I remember just a line that I'd heard a long time ago where somebody had said, like, it's just the first time you caught them. It's not the first time they did it. And I thought there may be a lot of truth in this scenario. And sure enough, it turns out that the text messages uh, also included confirmation that the relationship that Cal Cunningham had been uh, having with a woman out in California was, in fact, physical. And so I guess we'll start at, at sort of the, the 20,000 foot level. What kind of impact do you think this has, if any at all, on the campaign or on the uh, the race? You know, the, the longer we're talking about it, the more it's going to matter, right? I mean, if this had just been those initial texts, if it had been, you know, discussions of kissing, if it had been something appropriate for a PG or maybe a PG-13 movie, I think you'd be fine. Um, but I think we all knew when we read those it was going to move to R or maybe NC-17 before too long. And that's definitely what we've seen. Um, so I think this matters, one, because he still hasn't really come clean, right? He hasn't done the kind of press conference that we expect where he's actually there answering questions, as you covered the other day on your podcast. Even the, the NNO and the Charlotte Observer and the, the McClatchy folks are all saying, hey, come clean, Cal, kind of give us a conversation about this. But he is all but ghosted them. So that's making the news cycle continue longer. It's hurting them more. I also think this hurts Cunningham maybe more than most candidates because it, it cuts against the grain, right? Here's a guy who has campaigned 
on his character as much as on his qualifications and policy stances. And so clearly this is going to cut against that. Um, and the third reason, and the final, I promise, reason it may matter more than most of these sorts of scandals is that there was a shocking number of, of uh, undecided voters, at least according to the polls, in this race. So the Meredith poll the other week hmm. had 12 percent of folks who said they were undecided. They didn't know. So, of course, it isn't, isn't going to move Democrats or Republicans, but it could it move 2 percent of these undecided voters. Perhaps it could. Could that matter in a race that's decided on a razor's edge? It could. What of the argument that a lot of Democrats are making that, look, Donald Trump is the president. You guys don't care about this. So why should we care about Cal Cunningham? Does that does that uh, argument make sense? Does it does it persuade those those undecideds, as you mentioned? Yeah, you know, I think it, it works really well for Democrats. Um, and, and it's true, right? I mean, there, there's no question that, that Donald Trump has cheated on his wife uh, a number of times, um, probably cheated on all of his wives <laughs> numerous times, right? The difference is that none of us were surprised. That was already baked into our opinion of Donald Trump. So even the folks that supported Trump, you know, they knew that they were getting this messy package of some issues that maybe didn't fall completely in the conservative line. They knew they were getting somebody who could be personally a little bit reckless. And so they decided to vote for him anyway. For Cunningham, again, it didn't work that way. We we weren't surprised once we saw the initial text that there were more. But I'll speak for myself. I was surprised when I saw the initial text, and I mm-hmm. think this cuts against the grain. It was not baked in. It was a challenge to our opinion. And uh, for that reason, I think, whether it's fair or unfair, I think it may matter more than some of Trump's did. I, I, I'm i the same way. I didn't think it was real. I thought this has got to be a hoax. Um, this is, you know, this could be Photoshop. I didn't think it was real. And then, because uh, it originally appeared uh, on that website, National File, uh, I had never heard of the uh, the website, never heard of the reporter. And then, what, within 24 hours or so, I guess it was, then it, it gets confirmed uh, I think I don't remember where I saw it first, either, you know, News and Observer, WRAL or the AP. And at that point now it becomes real. And they got the response from Cunningham, who basically admitted to something, which I pointed out at the time, like, we don't know everything he's admitting to. He just said he's deeply sorry. And then he went into hiding. And like, I'm I, like, I still I still believe that he doesn't know what all he needs to apologize for. Not that he doesn't think he did anything wrong, but he just doesn't know what else is out there. And so he doesn't want to say, I'm sorry for X, Y, and Z, because there could be a whole alphabet of other things out there that he knows are out there, but he's going to hope does, uh, doesn't get uncovered. No, I think you're exactly right. I still think his best strategy would be to go out and just list out the whole alphabet as much as he can and own it. Uh, but... Clearly, that's not what he's doing, and that's not the advice that he's getting, or at the very least, the advice that he's taking. Um, and I'm with you. When I first saw these things with the National File, I didn't quite know what to think about them, right? I, I looked at the text, and I thought, well, who would have possibly have a chili pepper next to Cal Cuttingham's name on their phone? That can't be real. But turns out it was real. It was real. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, and I, I heard somebody uh, or I saw somebody on Twitter say that the uh, those tweets were as hot as the grill he posed in front of. That was which I mean, that's I mean, irony like that's a, it was only a week prior that we were we were all having this, you know, and it was fake outrage. It, I thought it was all in good fun. Nobody was really, you know, angry about the barbecue picture. Uh, some people may be OK, fine. But like 
there's not a critical mass, right? So many people from out of state that moved here, they don't even understand what the fight over barbecue is about. Um, But that's where we were a week before (laughs) this happens. Yes. I mean, that was it was it was, a, it was kind of a fun little sideline on this election. You know, it, it, like we talked about, you know, campaigns that have mattered when a, when a candidate did the wrong thing with food. Right. There's this pretty classic example of Gerald Ford going down and eating a tamale with the corn husk still on it. <laughs> and so, you know, it was like it was just fun stuff. And it was a, a fun little distraction in this campaign. Maybe it showed something about inauthenticity, inauth- right. but really more than anything else, I think it showed that. People on Twitter have too much time on their hands. True. That is true. Um, so now, by the way, uh, 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 Cal Cunningham cannot bow out, as I understand it. Uh, I mean, if he were to say, I'm suspending my campaign, it doesn't matter. His name is going to be on the ballot, right? That's exactly right. And that's true. You know, just a few days before then or, you know, lifetimes ago in 2020 terms, we were having this conversation about Donald Trump. You yeah. know, what if something happened to Donald Trump and he wasn't on the ballot? And the answer is the ballots are printed. And in North Carolina, at that point, we'd already had uh, about 400,000 ballots already counted. So, yeah, Cal Cunningham is the Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. He will be the Democratic candidate for the United States Senate from North Carolina. Even if he is on confinement due to a court martial, which that's like this is the thing I think a lot of folks really weren't um, aware of when they were sort of initially defending him and saying it didn't matter. It may not matter to voters. It may not matter to civilians. But it really does matter to the military, especially if you are having an affair with a fellow veteran's wife like that. That really matters a lot. It does. And and, and there's there's military legal proceedings here that I, I'm not going to profess to understand, um, but I will profess to be scared of if I were involved. in them. <laughs> um, I think this this does matter. And, and again, you know, I've, I've gotten some blowback, and I'm sure other folks have, too, for saying that, hey, this might matter. And, and, and Democrats will pop back and say, well, it shouldn't. And that may be true. And it won't for Democratic voters and Republican voters. We're going to vote against them anyway. Mm-hmm. The question is, you know, is there a small but durable proportion of these undecided voters who may think twice about Cal Cunningham? And, and I think it's possible that that could happen. The thing about Republican voters as well, they were never huge fans of Tom Tillis. Uh, he has he's always had a hard time shoring up the base, which is why he gets accused yes. of, you know, flip flopping all the time, because he has to run to the base in order to make sure they're still with him before the election. Um, and I think there probably were a lot of Republicans. I don't know how many, but I, I probably a good number of them that would have voted for, or uh, were thinking about voting for Cunningham because of his background. I mean, Democrats made a a, a very uh, you know intentional overt push to get veterans as candidates, and you see it all over the country. And so uh, he, Cal Cunningham, was you know one of those candidates, one of those targets. As was you know, well Jeff Jackson down in the Charlotte area, he was another one that they were uh, recruiting and probably will recruit. The idea being get a veteran in here and he's more attractive to the Republican voters who may not be cool with Tom Tillis. I think those that those people, that demographic, I think they're probably gone. But other than that, I'm not sure I'm with you. I don't know how I don't know how much how I don't know what size of a percentage point swing that actually accounts for. No, I, th- I think it's all really good points, right? So Tom Tillis was, by some measures, the least popular senator in the country. Um, and the reason for that is, of course, the Democrats hated him, right? Just like Democrats hate Republicans, Republicans hate Democrats. But the reason Tillis was so low 
It was because Republicans weren't so fond of him. And so there was somewhere around eight percentage points in the average poll of folks who said they were going to vote for Cal Cunningham and vote for Donald Trump. And so you're right. That can be a group that could be pulled as a result of the scandal. Hmm. Anything else on this race before we move on to other electoral issues? You know, I, I just that I think uh, it's not that it's game over either way. I think this is still a tight race. If I had to bet, I would still probably bet on Cal Cunningham and that I think the best strategy for Cal Cunningham at this point is to stop the bleeding and come clean and hope for his sake that the news cycle moves on to something else. Dr. Chris Cooper, the Madison Distinguished Professor of Political Science and Public Affairs at Western Carolina University. Speaking of moving on to something else, or I guess probably more specifically somewhere else, Rowena Patton. If you are thinking about selling your home, call Rowena Patton today. Her all-star powerhouse team, they get homes sold. They get them sold fast, and they get them sold for more money. She outsells 99% of the realtors in the entire state. She is the only agent that I would call if I'm selling my house. Now, I don't have a house yet. We're buying a house. But I called the same person, Rowena Patton. She's helping us buy our house. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. And by the way, if you are... A member of the military, veteran, active duty, or retired, you can be part of the Homes for Heroes program, uh, along with police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, and educators. The Homes for Heroes program is a national program that gives buyers and sellers 25% back from the realtor commissions. Rowena's already given back about $800,000 to local folks in those five professions. Uh, and she is the only Homes for Heroes agent in the Asheville area. So give her a call at 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and then start packing. Here's a story in the Charlotte Observer by Jim Morrill. Uh, headline, The Lesser of Two Evils, Some Women Stand Behind Cunningham Despite His Affair. I know, who would have thought? <laughs> so, Charlotte Democrat Laura Meyer had a gut reaction to revelations of Cunningham's affair. Quote, I was furious, and that's putting it lightly, she said. Meyer is the co-president of the Charlotte Women's Movement. Quote, we have an incredible shot at changing the course of the Senate, and he does this. But to her, the prospect of flipping the Senate trumps bad behavior. <gasps> no way! Really? I never would have suspected that. You're making a political calculation, setting aside somebody's personal peccadilloes and uh, scandal in order to achieve political power? Interesting. Isn't it amazing how this is all viewed in a different light when it's now Cal Cunningham and Democrats having to make this decision versus Republicans and Donald Trump, right? How many people did you know in 2016 that said they held their nose and voted for Trump? They did not like his personal issues. They did not like the way he talked. They didn't like the way he tweeted, right? All of these things they did not like, but they looked at Trump as what? the lesser of two evils. And now you've got Democrats in North Carolina coming to the exact same political calculation. And so for four years, we've been treated to this moral scolding from the left that how dare you support Donald Trump and he's such a monster, an obnoxious person, terrible human being. And they didn't believe or care uh, that 
people were making a political calculation that they would prefer to have somebody who, you know, they don't agree with all of their personal lifestyle choices and behaviors, but uh, it's it's worth it to put that person in the White House because the political juice is worth the squeeze. Now, all of a sudden, they're in the same position, and lo and behold, they're coming to the exact same conclusion. Meyer said, quote, I'm voting for Cal Cunningham. It pains me, but I am. Interviews with more than a dozen Democratic and unaffiliated women showed that, at least for now, many continue to support Cunningham despite news reports of his affair. Um, Democrats are also braced for more revelations. The story says, quote, I have talked to some Democratic women who are pulling back, said Democratic Commissioner Pat Cotham from Mecklenburg. The story is out of Charlotte. It's the judgment error that affects all of us in North Carolina. The information is slow to come out. Not everybody gets the same news at the same time. So it's going to take a few days for it to sink in. I agree with Pat Cotham. She's exactly right. There are a lot of people that are just realizing or hearing about this story. Amanda Ronsevich, or Ronsevich, uh, she's an unaffiliated voter from Charlotte. She says she still plans to vote Democratic, and I pulled her voter card. She votes more Democrat than Republican, but she has voted in Republican primaries uh, in a couple of uh, cycles. Cal Cunningham, she says, showed poor judgment and stupidity. I'm very sorry he did what he did, but we need to get Tillis out. I've talked to a few women friends, and we're just so disappointed that what should have been a clear-cut decision has now been clouded by emotional stupidity. <laughs> emotional stupidity that the guy ran a campaign talking about his honor and integrity and it turns out he was having an affair Ronchevich says that she can uh, she can compartmentalize what the affair says about Cunningham's judgment. She said, quote, I think that emotional judgments are made at a different level than political judgment or financial judgment. So I think it's in a different category. I would hope that his emotional lapses would not affect his ability to represent me the best he can. Yeah, uh, except for the fact that, as Patrick Howley mentioned earlier, he becomes a blackmail or extortion risk. As a member of the U.S. Senate, when you've got that kind of compromising information against you, then, yeah, you're going to try to keep it hush-hush. You're going to try to keep a lid on it. And then you become susceptible to uh, to those types of bad actors. Julia Jordan Zachary, who chairs the African sorry Africana Studies Department at UNC Charlotte, said the impact of Cunningham's affair will depend on how it's framed. The person who can control the narrative wins, she says. So this is going to come down to those, uh, or rather, come down to who's able to control this narrative. Now he's behind in controlling the narrative. She goes on to say that women like her can separate their disgust over personal behavior from what they see as bigger issues. Again, isn't this interesting? All of a sudden now, there's all this nuance and gray area seeing. These capabilities uh, are apparently available to Democratic women, but to no Republicans whatsoever when it came to the 2016 presidential election. That was just impossible to do. Speaking of impossible, it's impossible to find a better selection of warm weather gear and clothing than Old Grouch's military surplus for the price they've got. They're going to beat the uh, outdoor stores, and you're going to get military-grade thermal underwear in all sizes. They've got wool sweaters, military field jackets, and solid green and camouflage. They've got toboggans made out of wool and fleece, and they've got uh, socks and Gore-Tex jackets. they got it all. Okay, just go to 
Old Grouch's Military Surplus, downtown Clyde. You can go to their website as well, oldgrouch.com. They've got emergency kits they can put together for you for your vehicle. So if you are, you know, on the side of a mountain somewhere, you slide off a fire trail and uh, all of a sudden now you're stuck, you're not going to die because you've got uh, this emergency kit. You've got rations, you've got the space blanket, you know, you got a shovel to dig out. they got backpacks as well. These things are going to last way longer than the cheap ones from the big box stores. These are military-grade backpacks for the the kids, you know, if they ever get back to the classroom, uh, go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus, real U.S. military surplus for more than three decades. Old Grouch's on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. Here's another quote from our very own State Senator Terry Van Dyne of Asheville, who said issues like climate change and income disparity are priorities for her. Quote, there are so many huge issues, and we have been so disappointed with Congress over the years. That really affects the lives of my constituents a lot more than Cal's personal relationship with his wife. As unfortunate as that is, it's not that I think the affair is okay, it's that I want to elect a person who represents the rest of my values. Didn't they throw out a sitting member of the House of Representatives at one point, right, didn't Democrats uh, boot some guy? What was his name? Dwayne Hall. Remember that? Booted him because he had made unwanted sexual advances towards women for like many, many years. And he had dated a couple of women. He was some sort of player in Raleigh. And then uh, it all went south because he apparently uh, uh, dumped like some powerful Democrats daughter or something and they ran that guy out because of all of his you know unwanted advances where he basically hit on women and they didn't like that and so he got thrown out but cal cunningham you can totally cheat that's fine bring the woman from california break quarantine and all of that bring her to california uh have sex with her in the family house for a week uh and uh, that's totally fine while pretending to be about honor and integrity because you know the political calculation here is we really need a u.s senate controlled by democrats if we're going to pack the u.s supreme court with a whole bunch of pro-abortion people really when like it always comes down to this same thing with these people. It really is all about abortion. All right, one last quote here from Charlotte Democrat Jill Dinwiddie, the former executive director of the North Carolina Council for Women. She says, quote, all of the women I've spoken to about it are going to go ahead and vote for him anyway, because the outcome of not voting for him is too horrific. The idea that this race is pivotal in flipping the Senate is first and foremost in most good Democrats' minds. So there's your standard. Good Democrats. Uh, they place power over uh, personal issues, shall we say. That's a wrap for this episode. I appreciate you listening. Remember, subscribe for free. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. Thanks so much for listening and the support. Talk with you later, and don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>